0: Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Welcome to a brand new week of bringing clarity to the chaos. Today, historian Bill Federer is here to begin a series on the real history of socialism. We're so excited to be coming to Anchorage, Alaska. Billy Crone and Larry Spargermino headline a special two-day prophecy conference, Friday and Saturday, June 24th and 25th. Along with Billy Crone and Larry Spargimino, Greg Patton, Larry Stamm, and Micah Van Huss will be there presenting the truth about the new America, the Jewish roots of Christianity, and the earth as it was. You don't want to miss this special conference June 24th and 25th in Anchorage, Alaska. Register today by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can register online, swrc.com. Today we begin a series that looks at how the deep state capitalizes on crisis to consolidate control. Here is host Dr. Larry Sparjamino and historian Bill Federer to reveal the real history of socialism.
1: Is socialism the dream of an ideal society or is it a totalitarian nightmare? Well, Bill Feder is our guest and we're going to discuss his book Socialism: The Real History from Plato to the Present. You know, friends, one of the things that makes this Socialism book so wonderful and important is that it shows how the deep state capitalizes on crises to consolidate control and of course COVID-19 has been a worldwide crisis so I think this is extremely relevant Bill Feder is a careful researcher and a careful student of history and we really appreciate him and I know our listeners appreciate him as well Many people today have questions about socialism and Bill's book Socialism will prepare you to think critically about socialism it will also help you to help others To think critically about this important subject. Bill, it's so great to have you on the show once again.
2: Hey, Larry. Great to be with you.
1: Well, we've been working together for many, many years, and you've been a real magnet. Our listeners love you. From talking to you before the show, you're all over the country, and there are a lot of audiences that want to hear what you have to say. So, you talk about God and country issues. Why is this really an important issue today, especially today in 2022?
2: Well, the instituting of socialism is a bait-and-switch, and and it promises (laughs) heaven, delivers hell, the dream turns into a nightmare. Plato's the first one that talked about everybody owning everything in common, and it sounds nice until you think it through. Somebody has to be in the government handing out the common stuff, and they are always going to be tempted to funnel a little extra to their family and friends on the side, and then hold back from someone they just don't like. And before you know it, it gets discretionary. And the saying is, he who holds the purse strings has the power. Mm -hmm. So every attempt at everybody owning everything equally always ends with a deep state bureaucracy passing out favors to their friends ruled by the most corrupt guy at the top, a dictator. And people say, well, wasn't the early church socialist? No, the early church was the early church. The socialism is counterfeit early church, and Mm -hmm. the difference is between the word voluntary and involuntary. So the early believers voluntarily sold their property, laid the money at the feet of the church to distribute. They didn't have the government take away their property and be forced to put it at the feet of Pilate for the government to distribute. When the children of Israel went into the promised land, every family was given property. If you own property, you can accumulate stuff. The Bible called that being blessed. And you can be moved upon to give away some of your stuff. The Bible called that charity Well, Lenin said socialism is a transition phase to communism, and Karl Marx says communism can be summed up in one sentence, abolition of private property. So if you don't own anything, how can you be charitable? How can you give away what you don't have? What, are you going to steal from somebody, break the law, now you're (laughs) a thief? No, God entrusts you with stuff and then gives you opportunities to manifest on the outside the love of God that's in your heart.
1: Well, I know when you look at the book of Acts, you're absolutely correct. They had everything in common, but it was not mandated by an atheistic government. And there's a big difference. They saw a need. They loved one another. They loved Jesus. And they figured that we're going to help each other. But that is certainly not socialism. But I've often heard that passage in Acts chapter 4 thrown in my face to say that the early church was a socialist arrangement. That is false.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. God gives commands five groups, individuals, families, business, church, and government. Individuals, among other things, are commanded to take care of the poor. You know, the Good Samaritan story and, you know, when, Lord, were you naked and we clothed you, you know. Commands to the family are mostly relational. Husbands, love your wives. Children, submit to your parents. Business commands are, do an honest day's work and don't hold back wages. The church was commanded to to take care of the poor. And historically they did, immediately feeding orphans and widows and starting medical clinics and eventually starting all kinds of hospitals and schools. Do you know there's no command for the government to take care of the poor? The command to the government's the shortest, protect the innocent, punish the guilty. There's no command for the government to be involved in healthcare. No command for the government to be involved in education. What's happened is the government has usurped the church's role. Mm -hmm. And because we're ignorant of this, we let it. There's a great quote from Calvin Coolidge. He says, it does not follow that because something ought to be done, the national government ought to do it. Hmm. We need to take care of the poor. Yes, we do, but it's not the government's job. We need to take care of the immigrants. Yes, we do, but it's not the government's job. Right? Gerald Ford said, people say, why don't you expand that program and spend more federal money? I look them in the eye and say, do you realize a government big enough to give us everything we want is a government big enough to take from us everything Mm -hmm. we have? Mm -hmm. And so basically socialism is a bait and switch for a dictatorship. What if older fish could tell younger fish to stay away from shiny things dangling in the water? (laughs) Well, they can't. And so every new generation of younger fish sees the shiny thing they're attracted and caught. Socialism is a shiny thing dangling in the water free food, free clothes, free education, free welfare. Free is attractive, but there's a hook there. You give up your life, you give up your freedom, you give up control. And so the idea is that God entrusts you with stuff, and then you have the opportunities to give it away. It's all voluntary.
1: I know when the Bible says, thou shalt not steal, that teaches the ownership of private property. And it seems to me that God is the one who gives us things, that's why it's mine. He gives it to me, I'm to be a good steward, and so if somebody steals my bicycle, he's really challenging God, because God is the one who is the author of every good and perfect gift that comes from him.
2: In the book, I go through four stages. That The pilgrims had a covenant form of government that they got from ancient Israel. And a covenant is you get rights and blessings from God, and you voluntarily take care of your neighbor because you're doing it as unto God. Well, in the century after the Pilgrims, you have the Age of Enlightenment, and covenant turns into social contract with an impersonal God. This comes out of the scientific revolution, where you had Kepler discovering laws of planetary motion, and you had Isaac Newton discovering laws of gravity, and Robert Boyle discovering laws of pressure, and So some theologians said, well, gee, maybe God made everything with laws, and like a guy makes a complicated clock with gears and winds it up and sets it on a shelf, maybe everything's just following these laws of nature, and if God's there, he's distant, he's impersonal, he's not involved in our day-to-day lives. The ultimate of this is don't bother praying, because it's not going to change any of these laws, Mm -hmm. and God's an impersonal force in the universe. But anyway, you go from the Pilgrim Covenant to an Age of Enlightenment social contract with a." distant God to the French Revolution, which is social contract with no God. You get your rights from the state, and you're accountable to the state. And after that, you have socialism and Marxism, where the state is God, and the state can decide if you live or die. So you go from this covenant to social contract with an impersonal God, social contract with no God, to the state is God. And the change really came clear with the French Revolution. And the motto of the French Revolution sounds nice. Liberty, equality, fraternity. But it doesn't work. Liberty is experienced individually, and fraternity is their word for socialism. It's the state, the collective, the mob. And equality can be understood two ways. In America, it was equal treatment before the law. In France, it was everyone having an equal amount of stuff. Mm. And if the fraternity, the group, the collective thinks you have too much stuff, it can trample your individual liberty, confiscate all your stuff, equity, and redistribute it, and even cut your head off. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so the voluntary versus involuntary is sort of like a big deal with God, and it's the contrast between the early church and socialism, and socialism is counterfeit early church.
1: Well, when you look at the Declaration of Independence, speaking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And when I look at Planned Parenthood, when I look at so many in our government today who are pushing abortion, you know, life is such a wonderful gift. I mean, we can't enjoy freedom. We can't enjoy the pursuit of happiness if we don't exist or if somebody kills us. And I think scientifically, The unborn baby is still a human being. I mean, you know, it's just like, I remember one time several years ago, I used to live in East Tennessee, next to a national forest. We had quite a bald eagle population in the mountains. The federal government passed a law, if you destroy a bald eagle egg, that's a $10,000 fine because the egg is a potential bald eagle. Well, why don't we apply that to the unborn baby? That's a potential airline pilot, a potential pastor, a potential scientist who might even find a cure for cancer. They're so inconsistent.
2: It's so true. The subtitle of my book, is quite fascinating how the deep state capitalizes on crises to consolidate control and so i go through the most common form of government in all the world history is kings that power wants to concentrate into the hands of one person and you have pharaohs, caesar's Kaisers, sultan czars throughout history the power keeps concentrating and with military advancements these dictators can kill more people And with technological advancements, they can track and control more people. The King of England became the biggest at the time of America's founding, and America's founders broke away and flipped it and made the people the king. So democracies and republics are attempts to take the power of the king and give it to the people. In other words, our Constitution is simply a document to prevent a president from ruling through mandates. Mm. That's all the Constitution is. It's to take the power of one-person ruling and separate it into three branches, separate it at federal and state level, and tie up this federal Frankenstein with ten handcuffs to the first ten amendments. All Mm -hmm. the Constitution is is a document to keep a president from ruling through mandates and executive orders. So if democracies and republics are attempts to take the power of one person and separate it, what if that person wants the power back? Mm -hmm. Does he just ask for it? No. So there's two methods. One is fear. When people are afraid, they will trade freedom for security. And the other is free stuff. The dictator is so nice, he's giving you free stuff until you get hooked. It's like a drug dealer takes over a neighborhood two ways. He can come in with guns and shoot, and people get in fear, and they'll trade their freedom for being left alive. But the other is free stuff. The drug dealer's so nice, he's giving away free drugs until you get hooked. And then you want some more free drugs? Well, you're going to have to give up control of your life and sell yourself into prostitution, right? And so there's two methods. There's a front-door, back-door approach. Like a hunter, he catches animals through guns or bait. You can come in the front, or you have bait and you trap them. There's even some scriptures, Fear of man bringeth a snare. So right. when you're in fear, you will get in a snare, trapped. But the other is when every man is tempted, when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So you can be caught that way. And so in the book, I go through all the instances of people intentionally creating fearful situations or capitalizing on fearful situations in order to get the people to panic and then to take away their freedoms and revert back to a dictatorship.
1: Well, lately, Bill, I've noticed that there have been an increasing number of UFO reports And, you know, you just spoke about fear. It seems to me that we may be on the verge of some great disclosure that these little green men are going to take over the world and everybody's going to be afraid to die to meet one of these green men. I mean, I can see this UFO reporting. It's becoming more and more common. There's something going on, no doubt about it. It seems to me that a government that is moving in the direction of absolute control, tyranny, can use the UFO phenomenon in a way that people will do just about anything to stay alive and not to be zapped by a little green man from the moon.
2: Many people that are familiar with the DARPA, this
1: Hmm. advanced
2: weapons system, anything that you see out there today, they are 20 years in advance. There's a good chance that a lot of that stuff is just, advanced technology that's being experimented on. But nevertheless, fear. 1938, radio drama, War of the Worlds. Mm, Orson Welles says, we interrupt this program to announce that New Jersey is being invaded by Martians. The entire (laughs) country panics in fear. And it was a phenomenon that was studied. How can you have mass fear to manipulate the public to give up their freedoms? And this was studied during World War II with Joseph Goebbels in Germany. And how do you control the mind of a country? Well, in the 1890s, marketing was Sears catalog, Wells Fargo wagon, and they would list everything about a sewing machine. And in the early 1900s is when they invented magazine ads, and the classic was Crisco. Nobody knew it was in Crisco. They invented a term called vegetable-based. It was so successful, it put out of business, the lard industry, where they render fat from animals and use it for soap and a so forth oil, they had mountains of these cotton seeds that they got from, you know, harvesting cotton in the deep south, and they would mush it into black, mucky oil that they would use in factories and machinery. Nobody ate that stuff, but somebody had the idea of bleaching it and then having this ad campaign, and we've all eaten it. So you go from knowing everything about a sewing machine to nothing about a product, but you buy it because it looks like everybody's eating it. Well, this was called Keeping Up with the Joneses, and there was a cartoon in the New York paper, but it was actually pioneered by Edward Bernays. Mm. nephew of Sigmund Freud. Edward Bernays wrote a book in 1928 called Propaganda and later changed the name to Public Relations. Mm. But he was talking about women's shoes. And so Edward Bernays says, the women go into a store and think they're picking out shoes when they're not. The shoes were picked out for them. The marketing executive picked the shoes, paid the actress to put them on, paid the photographer to take the pictures, paid to have those pictures in the magazine ads, and then paid to have the magazine ads spread around the country, and the ladies read them, and buy the shoes. And he says, a larger manufacturer of women's shoes as a popular actress wear the shoes, the fashion spreads. The man who injected this idea into the shoe industry was ruling women in one department of their social lives. He says, today the minority has discovered a powerful help in influencing the majority to mold the minds Mm -hmm. of the masses to find in propaganda a tool which is increasingly powerful, regimenting the public mind. So he writes a book called The Engineering of Consent. So we're a country of rule by consent of the governed. But what if you can engineer the consent? He says, the manipulation of opinion of the masses Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country.
1: Wow. Wasn't Bernay involved in getting women to smoke or involved in women's suffrage?
2: Oh, yeah. He was pushing all kinds of products and going to other countries, and then even his tactics were used in coups. And so this is manipulating the public mind when it comes to swaying them politically. So all you right. do is you take selling of shoes, how do you manipulate a whole lot of people? Think of all the millions of dollars that go into Disney and getting these little kids to want to buy lunch boxes with an action figure on it and pajamas with an action figure and mm. Happy Meals with an action figure. and I mean, millions of dollars are being spent and made on influencing a little kid's mind. Right. And now they're taking all of that marketing ability and saying we're going to groom these children sexually. It is a powerful tool that they have, and who in the world would want to subject their children to this? But they are using it politically, and that's why they want to have Facebook, Twitter, and all these other ones to censor voices that they don't want, and then to put an agenda out in front of the public that they do want.
1: Well, it seems that with all the manipulation that's going on, this is very draconian to say the least, but we've got an added factor, and that is the fact that people are departing from the Bible. So people really have no conviction. So many people have no morality just about anything whatever we want whatever we desire there's no boundaries there's no standards there's no morality and then with all of the brainwashing that's going on and you were speaking about Bernays. this is a very very dangerous situation and we're happy that people like you are exposing it all and that's wonderful well bill we're going to have to wrap it up for this show but we would love to have you back for another show well, I look. The book is titled, Socialism, The Real History, From Plato to the Present, How the Deep State Capitalizes on Crises to Consolidate Control. We'll
0: continue our look at the real history of socialism next time. Today, we have Bill Federer's fascinating book, Socialism, The Real History from Plato to the Present. Is socialism the dream of an ideal society? Is socialism a wonderful utopia? Or a totalitarian nightmare? Order The Real History of Socialism and find out. Call 1-800-652-1144 and order The Real History of Socialism. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. We recently shared the good news of Southwest Radio Ministries and Prophecy in the News joining in a special gospel partnership that includes bringing back the Prophecy in the News magazine. James Collins is here now to share an exciting update on the new magazine.
3: Hi, this is James Collins, and I wanted to take a couple of minutes to say thank you. Thank you for supporting the relaunch of the Prophecy in the News magazine. Since we announced the return of Prophecy in the News, the response has been overwhelming. Each day, more and more people have subscribed to the new Prophecy in the News magazine. Our first issue just came off the press and went out in the mail. It went out in the mail just a few days ago. It looks fantastic. Lise Cutshaw and Tabitha Cook did an incredible job with the look and the layout of the new Prophecy in the News magazine. For me personally, The response to the magazine has been a tremendous blessing. You see, I was a huge fan of the late J.R. Church, the founder of Prophecy in the News, and I consider it part of my ministry to keep the legacy of J.R. Church going and introduce him to a new generation. J.R. went home to be with the Lord back in 2011. I was fortunate enough to have met him a couple of times. Once at a conference back in 2003, J.R. signed a book for me and said, Young man, just keep preaching Jesus and keep looking up. Yes, J.R. Church was a tremendous influence on me. The New Prophecy in the News magazine will feature a classic article each and every month from J.R. Church. In our first issue, J.R.'s article is titled, Eschatology 101. You will be blessed by the insights of J.R. Church. The first issue of the New Prophecy in the News magazine also features a column from our publisher, and ministry president, Dr. Kenneth Hill. Dr. Hill's column this month is called Looking Up and Forward. It details his history with JR Church and how excited we are here at our ministry to be in partnership with Prophecy in the News. Headlines from the End Times is another monthly feature in the all-new Prophecy in the News magazine. This month, we look at the United Nations renaming of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem and how the Satanic Temple is challenging the Texas Abortion Heartbeat Law. This month's cover article was written by Dr. Rob Linstead. It's titled, Hope, the Pre-Tribulation Return of Christ for the Believer. You know, Bible prophecy can sometimes be perceived as doom and gloom. But in this article, Dr. Linstead reminds us that the rapture of the church is our blessed hope. This month's Prophecy in the News magazine contains an interview with Pastor Mike Hoggard. Pastor Mike is known as the UFO pastor. In the interview, Pastor Mike presents a Christian's Guide to Aliens and UFOs. I know that you'll want to read this article and hear what Pastor Mike has to say about this last day's deception. Another article was written by Tennessee politician and researcher Micah Van Hus. Have you ever wondered about the legend of the ancient city of Atlantis? Well, Micah has researched Atlantis, and you'll be surprised at what he discovered. Find out more in his article titled, Where in the World is Atlantis? The June issue of Prophecy in the News has an article by Larry Stamm called Connecting the Threads of Redemption, the Tapestry of Salvation. Larry is a Messianic Jew who teaches the Jewish roots of Christianity, And it is worth the cost of the magazine subscription alone just to read Larry's teachings on Isaiah 53. You'll definitely be blessed. These articles and Dale and Denise Cunningham writing about inspiration and insights are all in this month's issue of Prophecy in the News. I know that you're looking forward to the magazine arriving in your mailbox. Now, if you have not subscribed, let me tell you how. A one year subscription is only thirty-four ninety five. A two-year subscription is fifty-nine ninety five. A three-year subscription costs sixty-nine ninety-five. And the best value is the lifetime subscription, which is only $149.95. That's right. You can get a lifetime subscription of Prophecy in the News Magazine for only $149.95. Now, I thought that was a great deal by itself, but in addition to getting the Prophecy in the News magazine each month, each magazine subscriber will also receive access to FaithNet TV. FaithNet TV is a unique mix of Bible-based teaching, information, and family-friendly entertainment. It is available on demand on your television or on your computer. Top tier Bible teachers bring their expertise on prophecy, creation science, apologetics, and more. FaithNet TV offers you and your family on demand access to teaching, documentaries, and entertainment that will inspire, educate, and encourage your faith. Right now, there are over 1,000 teaching videos on FaithNet TV, with more being added each day. At FaithNet TV, you will find content from people like J.R. Church. Noah Hutchings, Larry Spargimino, Kenneth Hill, Larry Stamm, Greg Patton, Dr. Rob Lindstead, Eric Barger, Jonathan Kahn, Dave Brees, Mag Dominic, David Bay, Michael Hoggard, Les Feldick, Doug Stoffer, and many, many more of your favorite Bible teachers. And you get all this content for free with your subscription to the new Prophecy in the News magazine. To subscribe to the Prophecy in the News magazine, go to prophecyinthenews.tv. That website is prophecyinthenews.tv. We have also linked the subscription page to our website, which is swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Or you can always call toll-free 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144 and order your subscription to the new Prophecy in the News magazine today. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting your Watchman on the Wall program from Southwest Radio Ministries, and thank you for supporting the all-new Prophecy in the News. And This is James Collins reminding you
0: to keep looking up. Today's featured resource is The Real History of Socialism by Bill Federer. Call 1-800-652-1144 and order The Real History of Socialism. That's 1-800-652-1144 or order online swrc.com. Tomorrow, Bill Federer returns with more insight into the real history of socialism. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit SWRC.com.